All right, let's let's make a start somewhere. So, okay. Um, the topic tonight is going to be enlightenment intensive. Uh, a let's try and summarize this for people who've never heard of it. Um, a retreat format that has been available to people since guess when the sixties, originated by a genius of a guy with a lot of audacity called Charles Berner, who put together a retreat format that almost not forces, but holds people in a really tight way to stay working on the question, who am I or what am I? And sometimes all the deep questions like what is life and what is another, but essentially who am I and what am I? In such a way that there's nowhere else to go, there's nothing else to do, and you do that continuously for three days. And what happens is on average, a day and a quarter in, day and a half in, people start to have these breakthrough experiences that are beyond the ordinary self, beyond the mind, beyond the ideas, beyond the history, beyond the story, where um, a, 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 something occurs which, is, which can be called a revelation. And in our English language, it can clumsily be called the enlightenment, seeing as we don't have a great big vocabulary about that. The realization of the ultimate truth about yourself and therefore everything you see and touch and do. Uh, that's it, I suppose. That, yeah, that, that's that's, it. that's what it is. And uh, um, this uh, this young fool here signed up for one in his uh, in his in his late twenties, and uh, it changed everything. And uh, here's some more young fools here <laughs> also uh, got caught in the yeah. in the enlightenment intensive retreat format. Um, and maybe you guys could start off by just mentioning something from your own experience so it's not just that nutshell description and bring life to it about what, you, what it was for you. Because you participate in one of these three-day things and you also stuck around for the two-and-a-half-day integration and disintegration time that we have added onto it at Spirit Horse here, uh, having done them. And maybe I should mention that, that we have been experimenting with this and more or less sticking to the true original form of it for uh, 33 years now at Spirit Horse. So it's not a new thing that we're just having a go at. It's something that's been the bedrock, uh, one of the foundation stones of this whole Spirit Horse experiment. Mm. You want to chip in something, just a word or two? Just to yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, from the, the first time I heard about Enlightenment Intensive, I mean, the name kind of, well, it, it kind of threw me off a bit. But then hearing the technique mm -hmm. of it immediately, it, the relating with eye gazing and just that pure going into what what really is this? Like what is actually going on? To me, just it's became immediately int intriguing and because it's a chance to just be really real and and try and look at what is really going on and that that to me is completely fascinating so i knew i had to do it at some point i mean i had i had a couple of opportunities right away and i kind of resisted them a little bit but i've kind of been thrown here and been like i've got to step up and do this True. Well, we thought we'd have to talk about that. That's why we're doing this podcast. That, that this is a, a an amazing retreat format, like one of the toughest, but not necessarily that necessarily tough, but one of the most rewarding in the world. And yet, people seem a little bit shy of it. And the first stumbling block, maybe for people who hear about it, that can't be real. Enlightenment intensive. You go away for a long weekend, three days, and the name. So you brought that up. Many people say, please change the name. Then maybe more people get interested in it. Enlightenment intensive. <laughs> so you go away three days, you get enlightened. Everyone else is like, well, no, we're going to take five lifetimes to get enlightened. So it's a clumsy word, enlightened. So no one's saying that ultimate liberation uh, is going to happen. But an insight into what ultimate liberation is, is available. Uh, it's like it opens the tin. As someone put it to me recently, hmm. Jake Chapman, who I trained with, said, "No, it's just something that opens the tin." He's like, "Yeah, it opens, and then then you get to explore this other place. The door has been kicked open." But enlightenment sense, so many people said, "Change the name," and um, the originator called it that. And I'm loyal to the original form, so many people have changed the name, and many people have changed the format, changed the schedule, changed how it's done, and adapted it to their own particular kind of brand of spirituality, whatever. Well, we've stuck to the absolute original. And it is 
Well, to get back to the tin analogy, it is what it says in the tin. It is an intensive three days aimed at one thing and one thing only, breaking through to this thing called enlightenment. This, so we use that rough term, but essentially we're talking about an experience on a different level of consciousness that reveals the reality of you or the unreality of you, for, <laughs> depending on whether, which sort of uh, language group you belong to, which spiritual path. There is no self or everything is self. But we're talking about a, a breakthrough to a clearly um, unquestionable state that is beyond the ordinary thinking, beyond the ordinary stories, beyond the belief systems, beyond the I think I know, beyond what you've read and heard, into a, like an actual bang revelation that cannot be questioned or at least is unquestionable to you the only the knower really knows so um it is what it says it is so there could be all sorts of names but um we're going to stick with that name just to announce that to the world in life intensive <laughs> is what the originator named it as charles bernard and uh, he dreamt up something quite amazing and, and had the audacity which i referred to briefly there to to make people do it for three days not just like oh it's a good idea to do self-inquiries like right we're going to start at six in the morning and we're going to keep going till nearly midnight and we're going to do that for three days and we're not going to do anything else you know the the world can fall apart we're doing this for three days so anyway just to get that thing about the name okay i want to say a little bit from your world yeah yeah uh I guess I just realised that the first year you didn't do one, did you? I didn't, no. Yeah. I was about to do it, but I ran away off yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> I used to go on. Yeah. Go and see your yeah. woman. Chase a girl instead. <laughs> like, yeah. Go to Portugal and get some sunshine. Yeah. Um, I did two in my first year. Uh, and I came to Spirit Horse after getting locked down in India, doing Vipassana and Transcendental Meditation. So I was kind of set up for it i knew i knew about strict retreats and i was looking forward to it i didn't i'll be honest i didn't really know much about what it was or what it is it's not something you can understand unless you've experienced some form of direct experience but i do i do like the um the way you put it there about so for me, I've meditated a lot before I even knew what the point of meditation was, if there is a point. And a direct experience from an Enlightenment intensive in my own practice, and I would assume for many people, would give them some inkling of why you might meditate, why you might want to find presence, why you might want to find the flow state. Um, so yeah, I... I had no idea what it was really. I just knew there was a strict retreat and I came for the August full immersion. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Mm. Motivations are mysterious. We're, we're, none of us really know why we do anything. If you really examine yourself, like, you get a hint like maybe a good idea to go there, you know, to, 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 to go and visit that place or meet that person or do this thing. We don't really know what's going to happen when we get there. We don't like, oh, my motivation is because I know exactly what's going to happen there and uh, that I'm, therefore I'm going to go and do it. It's like, you just get an idea, like maybe some inspiration comes from heaven knows where. I know I didn't go. I went along the Enlightenment Intensive. Yeah, that sounds like that'll be an interesting weekend of some kind or other. You never know who you might meet. And uh, let's just see, it sounds pretty deep. But I did not think... I'm going to go along for three days. This thing's going to deliver. So the first one I ever did when I was 29, I think we worked it out the other day, or it was 20, 28, 29, um, was like, wow, this thing actually is what it says. Like, and it was mm. like, there are people who do this. It was like, I just want more. Like, I've been reading. I've been to India two or three times by then. I'd read about two, 3,000 books. And I'd done, I tried to meditate, or I thought meditation was really good. And all of a sudden, the tin was open. All of a sudden, it's like, wow! I just did. I went back to my building site world with kind of something really, really, really has just happened to me. This has changed the game. Uh, it changed I, how I looked at myself. It changed how I looked at everything. It's like, when's the next one? That that really, really was what it says it was. Like I had two experiences that I never had anything that deep happen to me like that. And a drug experience, but I never had anything that profound. So, I don't particularly think that you need to have a direct experience to get it either. Mm. Like I, when I started, when I sat in that room 
and maybe the first day is a bit awkward. I really struggled with the eye contact thing. That was something that took me a day and a half to get over. But there's something about sitting in that room with the intention. You can feel it. Like, you can feel you're all sitting there chugging along on a train or something, and it is going somewhere. Mm -hmm. That whole room is going somewhere, even if you don't have a direct experience. Yeah. I always think it's like rowing the boat. That's the analogy I use during, mm -hmm. the, during the lectures when everyone's flagging. But on the third day, it definitely feels like that. And for many years now, I had that image of like, like these kind of this right Viking long boat is just <laughs> going off into this huge blue-green ocean of possibility. And then the the roof of the of the lodge, wherever we're doing it, usually in our roundhouse, but wherever it is, the is is it's a sky of possibility, and everybody's doing it together. Mm -hmm. So you know, someone's crying, someone's happy, someone's fed up, someone's bored, but everybody is still on mm -hmm. the the oar. It doesn't matter if you're you know you're having a good time. Which leads into loads of little ideas. Actually, you should mention about the contact, and maybe we should talk about the eye contact because many people make a big deal about that, and it's a, it's often a first that people have that level of eye contact. And then also maybe we could find time to talk about all these different resistances and things that happen along the way, none of which are kind of especially catered for. It's just we're going to the truth. We're going to the absolute. And yeah, you may feel a bit upset, you may feel bored, you may feel angry, you may feel fed up, you may not believe in this, you don't think you're going anywhere. I always see it like, every, that's it, like a Mozart opera, <laughs> everything's happening at the same time, and that means we're having a good intensive. People are mm. there going through something, even though one of the most difficult things is the blankness and the nothingnesses that people have to grapple with. But um, let's not uh, jump ahead too much. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess you've... <clears throat> Try to say what it is, and we can kind of go through how it's done. Okay, so you mentioned the eye contact, so let's let's get there because I've done gone along sometimes to people who wanted to try things out, and we've done a forty-minute diet, or maybe done two. And the first thing is, I I have never had an hour and a half eye contact with anybody in my mm -hmm. life. So, which you don't have to have on enlightenment intensive, but it sure helps. Yeah. To so. So what's different about Enlightenment Intensive? Let's just go there. Like, so the, when you sign up for one, you do one, you're in the situation where you're going to be doing a lot of face-to-face, -face, eye contact almost, but face-to-face -face, uh, conversation happens, except one person speaks for five minutes, the other person speaks for five minutes. One person is contemplating who am I. They're going deep into it using a thing called the Enlightenment Technique, using a way that makes, using a way that, allows you to stay on the question the whole time and where the question who am i or what am i the ultimate question if you like is broken down into the nuts and bolts of it like there's a putting attention on the self there's an intention to go deep there's an openness to whatever might occur whatever might occur and then what makes it different to all the tens of thousands of years that people have been doing this contemplation of self, it's no news to some Indian yogis in the past who said, oh, you're doing self-inquiry. Yeah, we all know about that. You know, plenty of Sanskrit words and all this. What's different is that you're opposite someone doing it in front of them and telling them what is coming up in the contemplation. And the, the more that you're willing to enter into that contact, the more it seems to work. And it doesn't matter whether you like the people or whatever. There's this whole thing about having deep contact with other people, sharing the relative truth, just what comes up. It may not be any great thing, but intimately, revealingly, with going through all your different embarrassments, all your different resistances, all your little stories about what others are and who they are, all of that has to be walked through while you open up the doors and show the other person exactly what it's like to be you, the thoughts, the feelings, the angers, the jealousies, the moods, the boredom, the emptiness, the nothingness, whatever it is, all of that is communicated and to the extent, and you're continually being uh, encouraged to, to, to go all the way, to the extent that you're real, honest, present and sharing is good. Now, so, the, so we've got five minutes, 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 five minutes each way. One person listening. The big rule is the person who's listening doesn't say anything. They're not trying to sort out problems. They're not trying to sort out this person's issues. They're not trying to be helpful. You're just present while they inquire into who they are. And to the degree that you've got a listening partner who is really present, then you have 
not a Buddha sitting in front of you, but you've got another presence. And all of a sudden, it starts being this funny Joe that you don't really want to relate to, you know, who looks a bit strange. All of a sudden, it's like there's another something there. Human being, another being, another presence. And if you're willing to merge with that, if you're willing to actually make contact, then something happens. Your inquiry starts to speed up and gets catalyzed amazingly. And the better the contact is, and the more present your listening partner is, the more willing they are to be there, with their eyes open, present. Yes, tell me who you are. Tell me what you are. The more they're able to do that, the more of a rocking dyad you're gonna have. And you do that for 40 minutes, and then you have a five minute break and do it for another 40 minutes, and then you're gonna have a cup of tea, then you do it for another 40 minutes, and then you have lunch for 45 minutes, and then you go and do another 40 minute session, and then you have a little talk from someone like me, and then you have another 40 minute session, and then you have another 40 minute session, <laughs> then you have a little afternoon tea break, and then a bit of a rest, and then you do another 40 minute session, and another 40 minute session, and you go on like that until it's midnight with these little meal breaks. Little tea breaks, meal breaks, nice food and plenty of time to eat it, contemplating your question while you're doing it, and then back into the, the, the full-on contact. Now, some people aren't really capable of full-on contact, but they get better at it. You get better at it on day one. They might not be so good. By day two, by day three, you're dealing with people who are rowing that boat like we were just talking about. Everybody's on it. And if the, the, some people are, oh, I don't really know if I want to do this, when you see other people in the room suddenly the lights shining from their face they're not scared anymore they're not hiding they're just present and they're saying stuff pretty wild stuff sometimes that's coming from the other place you think well I want to get on board the ship now and I'll, I'll, I'll really will start rowing that's, that's, I want to start doing it that's what gets people going sometimes like so I would like to be clear on like you are intending to directly experience yourself not try to understand it not try and make it logical not try and intellectualize it which is something i've got stuck on a lot um because it's hard to do to to continuously do but you you are in every moment that you're contemplating your question it's not just thinking about it it's trying to directly experience it trying to be what or who you are if you are anything at all and it is funny when you see people go, hang on a second. He's onto something there. He's going for it. She's going for it. I can see it in her eyes. Like, I'm just messing around here. No, no, no. I want to know who I am. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. And it is like other... That's also something very important about the contact, the eye contact. Like, you have taken me there just by listening to me. Like, just you being there for me, I'm like, oh, he's listening to me. Mm. I better try. Like, I better, do I just sit around and be a little bit tired in this dyad or? Yeah, there's, mm. I can feel it in my heart rising now. It's like, let's go. Let's, let's find out what we are. Let's do it. And you push each other. Yeah. yeah, the listening partner, even if uh, they're saying nothing, they always say nothing. They sit there, they're not frowning, they're not smiling, they're not giving big clues as to where they like what you're saying or don't like. It's not a conversation. But if they're present and they just give you that instruction, that instruction just, the, the world shakes when it's given properly. Tell me what you are. Mm. It's like that the world stops being a kind of busy, boiling mess of useless activity and becomes like stillness and silence has just mm. come in now. And then some enormous thing goes from one person to another. Like a sound, you know, it's something that can't really be described. If, if it takes a while because people get institutionalized. You go, tell me what you are after they've done it for two and a half days and <laughs> mm. change over, give your partner their instruction. And it's like, oh, tell me what you are. But if someone's like, especially if someone's had an experience, they've, they've been, they've been um, going through something and then you can see the revelation in their eyes and they say to you, tell me what you are. It's like as if truth or, you know, the golden apple of truth falls down in the middle of the dyad from heaven. It's like, wow, mm. let's go. And then when you have one of those dyads, like, we are in the present moment together. Eye contact is like, yeah, let's lock on. Yeah. Mm. Let's do this. You know, <laughs> this is it. And all of a sudden, hang on, that's not the person that I was having the crack with in the kitchen yesterday or the person that I saw getting out of the car. This is just 
beingness, a, a being talking to a being in the real moment, the now, and then the big now opens up, which is the, the beauty you get into the, to the inter- it can happen on the first day, it can happen definitely on the second day, but you know, however long it takes to sort of reach that maturity of intent to actually let's just do this, all of a sudden you're in the, in, in the moment with someone and then you, you don't know who you are, you don't know who they are, and you don't know what's happening. It is arising in the present moment, and that's where you get to like the sharing of truth. Mm. Which, but if you're if you're not there and you're a bit stuck in your thoughts and your feelings or issues are coming up for you or something, then begin like, oh, I don't want to do this; it's terrible. Um, but when the release occurs, it's so clear. Before I was dreaming, and now I'm present. So if you're stuck in things, you maybe are not such a great partner. But if the other person is right there. This mingling of consciousness makes things happen, and it's irresistible. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the eye contact thing for me, like I said, first day and a half, I don't do it now. I do it sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit anxious, but I would get into the room. I'd sit down before anybody else sat down, so I didn't have to pick someone that I was going to face. I put a blanket over my head, head down, mm-hmm. and just wait until you went. Now find out your partner's question. And those of you facing the door, give your partner their instruction. And I'd go, what? And tell me what you are. And I just couldn't handle, like, people would sit there before dyads just looking at each other going, I'm ready, let's do it. And I'd be sitting there like, don't look at me yet, I'm not ready to go. Mm. But then when you want to go, when you've got through all of them little barriers in yourself... You do, you sit down, like, like I used to avoid my friends as well. I didn't want to go with you a lot until the last day. Anybody I knew, I was like, I'm not ready to show you who I am. Yeah. But now it's like, I might catch your eye before you even pick someone and you go, you want to go? Mm. It's like, yeah, let's, let's yeah, go. Yeah. And then you sit down with someone that you know is ready yeah. to take you there. Yeah. And you said something earlier about like, <laughs> who is it that chooses to go on this course? Who is it that, that 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 even tries to understand what it's going to give you and goes, I want that? Because when you sit, when yeah. I sit down in front of someone and they're looking at me like we're ready, I'm like, hang on a second, how am I here? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I? I didn't make the choice to be here, but for some reason I am sitting here, and there's something looking at me going, it's so weird that little rabbit hole of what is mm-hmm. looking at itself saying I want to see myself that's it and when you get deep in there like this little world that we can think we can control oh, the controller the ego controller get, the ego controller got on the train or drove the car and got you to, booked in and paid for to do the course but then when you're in there that's you, you jettison that part it's, yeah. it's like that's the fuel part you know now we're now we're going into deep space and there uh, you don't need the fuel anymore that's a mysterious thing so who who's who, who's running life who's 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 living the life that's one of the questions like who am i is that find out who's living life and it's like well i am of course it's my life uh but you can't find the i and therefore you can't find the my but there is life it's, mm. it's undeniably something happening and undeniably something is there it appear, who does it appear to? So you, as soon as you, you, you've, you've let go of, thought you're in, you're in a deep place and on enlightenment intensive, it's like, if you're prepared to just go there, you go deeper and deeper into the present moment and you jettison more and more of who and what you thought you were and you don't gain things at all. You're just throwing, throwing stuff, baggage overboard. And be like, well, I don't let go of my ideas and I don't let go of all the things I've worked on and I don't want to let go of my pain because I've tried so hard to heal it. And they're like, oh. Yeah. But if you have a, a breakthrough, you can't bring any baggage into it. It is the living moment now. This is it. You are it. It's happening now. And in the diet, if you got the contact, it transmits between the people. Mm. And then there's something, when there's two consciousness are going at it together, because the other person is, is there witnessing that thing, that kind of adds to it. It doesn't take anything away. And then if they get it as well, then you have two people sharing the present moment. And that busts up a lot of egotistical separateness. All pain is about this separateness. All illusion is about this separateness. But it's a very, very real illusion. Yeah. It really seems like he's over there and I'm here. 
But when you arrive in the present moment together, it's, it's a divine conversation after that. Mm. And that's, a, that's another thing, the divine conversations. Mm. You see, hear people banging on, trying to work it out, thinking their way through <laughs> it. Thinking, 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 especially the blokes, the guys will try <laughs> work it out, you know, how does the universe work? Who am I? Well, what about this and what about that and what about this? And I sometimes think, oh man, just shut up and actually contemplate. Because you don't have to think your way through anything at all. And this, this is a contemplation technique where you're required to look at what seems to be you and then form the intention to see that ultimately at its very height or depth, ultimately go into it. The intention is like, I intend to go somewhere. Just, and you can't make it happen, but you can have the intention that you're going in that direction and then throw yourself wide open and allow whatever occurs to occur. And then tell your partner, none of that involved working anything out or getting your head around it or having a handle on it or make it fit what was in the Buddhist book or in the Hindu book or what the teacher said last week. You're, you're on your own in a raw uh, uh, terrain of inquiry it's 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 this moment now how do you find yourself now what seems to be you can you find something that's you okay i seem to be this what is that ultimately so it's an extremely intimate live inquiry that doesn't involve all that thinking and um, um i mean as you know when you when you let go into the inquiry that's when the horse starts to gallop that's when, like, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm just going to, the inquiry is like a sword. I don't have to know. I don't have to think. I don't have to work it out. It doesn't have to fit my previous philosophy. It doesn't have to fit my past experiences. You're on this horse that's going into a new, fresh terrain. The inquiry is fresh, and anything that happens on that, that, uh, that journey is fresh, fresh, fresh. And then you can see when people are going over the stale stuff, you know, the, the same old traumas, the same old problems. God help us all. We all have them. But, uh, and it, some people just like, I'm in, I'm a traumatized person, that's who I am. I have these thoughts, I have these feelings, and I've got to sort them all out. Boom. They just suddenly stop. Some people are like, wow, who am I if I don't have all that going on? There's a bang. I, I think it can be easier that way, because I can get to a point, like and I have with you, where we're looking at each other, and I'm like, I don't really know how to put it into words, but the universe is looking at the universe. Mm. And then my mind goes, yeah. hang on a second, what's this? This is super interesting. How can <laughs> I understand this? The universe is sitting down, facing itself, yeah, trying yeah. to ask who it is. <laughs> this is hilarious. What kind of joke is this? And then I get in that little rabbit hole of, why, yeah. why are we sitting down asking each other this question? It's, it is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But that is another thing that you just need to slide straight through to get the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that's very interesting. It's like when these experiences do happen, it's like how to really communicate them without the mind getting back in there and exactly trying to explain what's happening, rather yeah. speaking right from it. And yeah, that yeah. Is, mm. that's a very, can be a very difficult thing if we're so used to yeah. communicating with our mind. Yeah. Than with our whole, just what is this? Absolutely, this yeah. That's it. The temptation to yeah. <laughs> you put you put your personality back on to talk about something that was beyond the personality, and then yeah. it's like, and then people get to this kind of like you were mentioning earlier, like I don't want to speak, you know, because if I if I speak, then I go back into being yeah. this this person that I thought I was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that that. that what happens when those experiences occur? As you know, that you've heard me tell it loads of times during the intensives, when something's occurring like that, you, to immediately begin living from it and speaking from mm. it. But often we kind of, well, well, hang on, haven't I got to go through the personality yeah. I normally am? Don't mm -hmm. I have to like go into it again? It's yeah. like, that's the really icy edge. And most people yeah. do, of course, go straight back to the familiar, which, which is an interesting thing because... Um, about this, this uh, what we first began talking about, the, the, the Enlightenment Intensive label, Yes, it's about real, genuine, revelatory experiences that are way beyond the mind, that can't be forced to create it. A shift in consciousness that is, um, it's like perfect. It has to have that perfect satisfaction mark, trademark on it. It's like unquestionable, it's certain, it's pure, it's absolute. You don't need anyone to tell you it was the real thing or whatever. You're satisfied, you know, there's an ultimate 
not exactly a bliss but sometimes occurs sometimes it can be a shock but uh, that, that occurs in those experiences but then 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 what to, then what to do so it doesn't mean that you've dealt with all the different thousands of layers of identifications that you have uh, the, uh, all your everyone has hundreds thousands of them so it doesn't mean they've all been dealt with it can sometimes mean that one of them has been dealt with that something happens in that release that when you do go back into the personality some of that other stuff just doesn't stick anymore it just doesn't have an the it doesn't attract you anymore and mm-hmm. you know this kind of deep-seated things even your your personal unworthiness or 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 attachment to your story or something there's something that you don't even think about you don't have to write an essay about it you don't have to seal it it's just there you find a year later that stuff doesn't bother you anymore you've lost a trigger or a hook Hmm. When it when that stuff starts occurring, it used to wind you up. It doesn't wind you up anymore. It's just gone. But not everything. I mean, I've not seen anyone that became a perfect Buddha. Oh, I came pretty close a couple of times. <laughs> some people. But usually the experience is short-lived because you still have to go through all, everything. All your resistance, all your identifications, all your illusions, all your attachments to being in a particular body, being a certain person, having a certain story, all those karmic or all those connected things have not been sorted out and that's important I think to say that enlightenment tense is not designed to actually do the entire job it doesn't turn everybody mm-hmm. into Lord Buddha but it shows you that you yeah. do have the Buddha yeah. nature and that that you, your, your work if you like will be to resist you, you learn what the mind is like these are the thoughts these are the traps these are the stories I tell myself these are the thinkings and after a while, you pay much less attention to the thinkings, definitely the thinkings of other people. And after a while, the thinkings of you, just mine. So, um, maybe that's another area that might be good to, to go on to because maybe people don't become perfect Buddhas and stay enlightened. They have a, they have a breakthrough, but then they have to work through that in ordinary mm-hmm. life. Okay, that's, that's fair enough. But one thing that people can definitely say they got is they can recognize what the mind is as we refer to on enlightenment tenses anyway. Now, this word mind can mean anything, but what we're talking about is where people um, live from their juggling their thoughts and feelings. I have all these deep feelings, I have this history, I have this story about who I am, and I have all these thoughts that arise. If you get to see, and nearly everyone does at some point or other on enlightenment intensive, this is just my mind. It throws up images, it throws up feelings, it throws up thoughts. None of them are you. They just happen. They just occur. So many people quite live tortured by their thoughts, by their feelings, rather than this is what happens. We have a body. It has feelings. The body goes with its survival mechanism, which is the mind. Am I okay? Is this okay for me? What will happen tomorrow? Da, 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 da. It's just a mechanism. There's no absolute truth to be found in it, not a shred. And then you can recognize that's my mind. And over here is the is the great presence or whatever you want on earth to call it that sees these thoughts, sees these feelings, sees these relationships, sees these situations, sees it, sees how the reactions are, sees how the reactions to the reactions are, but he's utterly untouched by any of it. <laughs> and at least to know that, at least to know that, like, um, and I think everybody gets caught in thought. Everybody, thoughts are continually arising. And by the way, dear listener, <laughs> don't bother trying to get rid of all your thoughts. Eh? It isn't going to happen. But identifying with them identifying with the feelings, identifying, thinking this is my identity, these thoughts, these feelings, this history, this traumatic childhood, this traumatic adolescence or whatever the story is, that doesn't have to happen. The identification, in fact, if you want to define enlightenment, and it's kind of useful to talk about it sometimes during intensives, that the, the awakening process is the, a, a stopping of the identification, a de-identification. I no longer identify with these thoughts or these feelings. They're just arising. They're very deep or they're very shallow, but they're just things that arise. And every meditator, um, every meditator is looking for that where the thought arises and it goes. The feeling arises and it goes. Silence and peace is the background to all of the arousals, all of the buying in, all of the excitements. And that that de-identification, that silence, and that peace doesn't have pain in it. Or it can have pain but not suffering.
Mm-hmm. And you see people, you can see their, their, their physical body change on enlightenment tenses when they've hit that peace. And it's not hanging on to a little moment of bliss. We don't settle for little moments of bliss when it's, when it's so radiant that it's, it's completely spontaneous and for free. And it's not like, oh, I think I experienced something. Uh, I feel quite good. No, no, not good enough. It's like, I know that I am a speck of dust floating in this solar wind. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what visions people have or how amazing their experiences sound, but if they're speaking from a place that has that deep peace and silence and that immediateness of like, living presence that's actually speaking in the living moment, then that's the real thing you can kind of tell. I've heard you say it before, it's not a technique to fix your life. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. if you do 100 of them, you'll fix quite a few things. Yeah. Um, but it is a... It's a way to look through a different lens. I mean, there is always some form of... Now I'm going to try and explain the alignment, enlightenment experience. <laughs> there's something going on. There's something that's aware. There's some form of being that permeates through everything. Um, but if you don't experience that, you only have the same old mind lens yeah. to, to try and decipher things. Like an experience I had with you on... Elliot, on the um, integration, disintegration days with one mm. of your questions, Shiv, which is, and I'll just be clear, like the, the integration days is not too formal. If you don't want to do anything, you can just relax in the, in the beautiful nature for a few days. But there's a couple of dyads in the morning. There's a bit of breath work and some other things thrown in, sometimes some Buddhist teachings and things. Um but after them three days of push, 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 and then we get up at nine o'clock rather than six o'clock or whatever it is, and do a dyad, and we did that question, accept yourself as you are, mm. and tell me what arises. It was just like, phew, everything just melted away. I saw bonds that I could I could never ever work out where they come from, where they exist, why they exist, how they exist, what they even are. And it didn't fix anything. But I do now have the ability to carry that memory, that feeling of oh, I can just accept myself as I am, accept what arises and just be it. Like and I can do that because I understand that there's so much going on that is James and isn't James and is a part of everything that is just happening. And the mind feels a lot of pain trying to get its way through life. But behind it all, there is this essence of love. There is this essence of being. And just having that experience I can accept myself as I am a lot more or accept what is a lot more. That's one of, the, that's one of those special diets aimed at a particular thing, self-acceptance. You, know, mm. so <laughs> you can't be released from something until you're aware that you're trapped by it. So which is, that's why a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people are like, I've had this enlightenment experience, but then the personality does start to take over again, but it seeps in in a way that you don't quite notice, you know. It's just so much, thousands of years or whatever, yeah. of being that way, and the whole society is that way. And so before you know it, you're caught again. Um, but you, there are certain issues that you can that you can deal with directly if you're conscious of them. Like so, if self acceptance is somehow or other a barrier, then you can use the diet technique. I wanted to just mention that because Charles Burner and many people have followed after him. Many wise people have developed this technique. Um, of using the dyad. So the dyad was what we're talking about here, folks, is um, any, any, any question that the two people decide to go into consciously, sit opposite each other and investigate and use each other's as a listening partner and a, and a speaking partner, contemplating partner. So that, that once you learn how to use that tool, you can turn it around to anything else. So let's go into self-acceptance. Uh, accept yourself as you are. You get a direct instruction. 
No, it's not like, what would it be like if you just accepted yourself? It's like, accept yourself as you are. You have to do it. Accept yourself as you are, first part of it, and tell me what arises. So you're kind of instructed or directly instructed to go into that beingness of, okay, even just for a few seconds, accept yourself completely as you are. It's not like, what what are the barriers to you um, accepting yourself? The, the dyad instructions are very precise, like knife-like precision tools, like accept yourself as you are and then tell me what arises. So those things are designed to make complete communication cycles so there's clarity going on between two people. We're not trying to sort out everything. Um, we're we're not having a conversation. It's not I think, you think. It's going into different, it's it going directly to the heart of whatever it is you're trying to investigate and getting very clear about it or aiming to. Either you can or you can't. But sometimes like you can be talking around something you can chat with your friends, you can chat with your therapists, you can chat with your gurus, and you're working around it, it's like, bam, let's do it. Accept yourself mm. as you are and tell me what arises. Yeah. And then you have developed the, the knack of being in a different beingness. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then you say, well, well, if I could do it for 10 minutes, why can't I do it for an hour? You know? yeah. and, something, and then they, uh, again, you've opened the teen a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So there can be many other ones. Like there's diets specifically for people. Um, well, not for people, but diets aimed at getting clear about guilt or shame or, or even just why you can't tidy your room. As you, you can just get <laughs> clear. Like tell me a problem you're having. Let's get. One, but do one thing at a time, with one person listening for five minutes. Which, by the way, five minutes. Why five minutes? It's handy, but also it's an attention span thing. At least once upon a time, people could give their attention for five minutes to something. If you try and like, when one person talks for an hour and the other person listens, it's not. It's going to go out of balance. But that uh, four minutes and 40 seconds one way, and then the gong goes off, ding, dong, dong, and then you change over. Then it keeps it live. You can listen, mm -hmm. and then you talk, and you listen. There's a kind of systole, diastole thing that, that, that keeps, it, keeps it alive. So on intensive, that bears out. So you can actually keep going from six in the morning till near midnight. It's possible to do it because you try and meditate like that on your own. If you're good and you've done plenty of Vipassana or whatever, or you've done, you've done your retreats, you might be able to do it, but you'll, you'll find it very difficult to really, really stay on a, a difficult mind imploding koan question like who am i or what am i you you'll inevitably drift off somewhere but when there's another being there you're using this technology of communication uh kind of spiritual technique and and then the mystery of the other person being there even the self-accepting things you would have tried to do it on your own it's different when you're accepting yourself and in front of someone yeah. well he was accepting me yeah okay he's <laughs> looking at me going yeah, come on. And I could feel it coming on. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm really about to accept myself here. Like, I'm, uh, it's not like I knew I was going to break down, but I could, f I could feel it coming. Like, I'm really about to accept myself here. Yeah. And I could see it in his eyes. He could see, oh, this guy's about to go somewhere. Mm. And he it did. did. I absolutely sobbed <laughs> my yeah. life out for Yeah. I think it was a couple of rounds, actually, wasn't it? Like, back and forth. Yeah. Is that yeah we both had a good yeah, sob yeah, there. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that question somehow really hits home in a way for me as well. It's because it's like being completely honest and accepting myself and sharing that openly. Like, I don't yeah. care. You look into everything about me. That um, can be quite scary, but it's it opens a whole different world. And with the three days of intention of trying to experience like, experience yourself first mm -hmm. you, you get rid yeah. of all the crap you yeah. get rid of all the stuff out of the way and then especially like because I trust you and you trust me when we sit opposite each other it's like we know what we're doing here like <laughs> I know you're not a human James you know I know you're not <laughs> this and yeah. that just get it off your chest come on yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no one can really define what enlightenment is, you know, like the, even the Lord Buddha didn't try it. Um, but Charles Berner um, had, was, you know, good with some of his really down to earth ways of talking about this kind of difficult, you know, elusive subject. But um, one, of, one of my favorites from him is like um, enlightenment is like uh, one of the symptoms 
is that you can't find anything wrong with yourself. And I, I've seen people go through that, and it's like, you know, you're so used to finding fault with yourself. We're all the inner critic, whatever, we inherited from mom and dad or school or priest or whatever. But um, you, you, you go through and every, everything about you seems perfect. All the traumas you went through, all of the, the world with all its troubles and all, all the terrible things that have happened to you, and not to mention the terrible things you've done to other people, suddenly everything is in its right place. It was all some yeah. maturing of the soul or some kind of crush in the soil that had to happen before the grapes and the flowers came on the vine. And, mm. and it all, everything's in its, own, in its own place. But you can't find anything wrong with yourself. It's quite an amazing feeling because the rest of the time is like, yeah, well, there's a lot of things I could find wrong here. And it's an arrogance to say, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in who I am. You know, if, if, the, if people don't know who they are, it's empty words. If you, if you, 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 for that to have any real meaning, that person has to be, have gone through some quite deep experiences beyond the ordinary social, outs, outs, completely outside of the social world. I mean, what's popping into my head now when we mention stuff like this is the teachings of James Lowe, the, Z the Dzogchen Buddhism, mm. Buddhism in general. Yeah. It, it is getting to that point of, of absolute, I don't even want to say self-acceptance, just absolute acceptance of what is. If you can get there. Yeah. I think you are, you are there. Hmm. Acceptance of what is, yeah. yeah. And all the old master, I was reading something this morning from 400 BC. Uh, what's his name? Wu Xin. Um, again, that everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. And if, if you've got some argument with that, you're in pain. Mm. But, you know, Wu Xin always speaks from like utter ease and completely yeah. one of his ancient Taoist characters. But, um, the complete uh, love or acceptance is acceptance of everything exactly as it is, including your own situation, which of course is related to your parents, which of course is whether you knew them or not, which is also related to your teachers or your school or your upbringing or wherever you went, which is also related to the climate and the trees and the history of Europe and the history of the country you came from. Everything is related. So you can't be like, you can't, be you can't accept yourself in isolation. You know, yeah. I accept myself when the the world is shit or something, or the, like, the world is wrong. And when it's get when it's right, I'll be able to live properly. No, acceptance is acceptance of everything. Yeah, every yeah complete whole, chaos. And the whole mess is there yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. with its grief and pain and majesty, beauty, uh, desperation. Uh, I mean, those in in those experiences that we're talking about, it's not that you suddenly accept cruelty or unfairness or barbarism or it's you, you suddenly don't there isn't a problem you don't have mm -hmm. a problem with yourself yeah. and as soon as you stop having a problem with yourself the argument with the world ends and that's a very that's something you cannot think your way into yeah. how can it be you know there's people starving there's people wasting millions and most of the world you know tiny bit of all the world's wealth is owned by a tiny few people and they're making a big mess and what about that when you're in peace, that stops. It's so hard <laughs> to explain, isn't it? And like, then you can't, well, you can't, how can that be? You yeah. can't understand it. You can only understand it when you see it from a much different state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And if you can't see it or you can't get it, you just have not seen that level of, of seeing that, that. And it that, is all beautiful. That's why it's called waking up. Yeah. And it's all beautiful. Like from that state, it's not. Like you said, you can you can feel pain, but there is no suffering. There's there it just is. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no more words. Yeah. I mean, or feelings or yeah, thoughts. I you feel can like we're born into this completely crazy human world. It's never it's never going to be completely all right. There's always going to be. We're always yeah. going to be dying. We're always going to. People are going to get sick. Our family are going to die. We're all eventually going to die. It's like mm -hmm. we have. There's only two, one way around it. We have to eventually be like, all right, this is it. Yeah, this is what we're doing. Hopefully we eventually <laughs> just accept it. Yeah, Earth is a very interesting place. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes according to plan. It's so terribly unfair. And you say, well, surely we can sort it out. And one day there'll be heaven on Earth. It doesn't work like that here. 
but it's definitely a place where you can awaken. And we're not trying to sell a story here that, um, oh, once you've had like, you know, enough direct experiences or once you've got more enlightenment in your life, you, there are no problems and you don't feel the suffering of the world. It's not like that at all. When you feel the suffering of the world, the tears fall. Yeah. But there's no problem about the tears yeah. falling. It's natural. When mm. the body sees the suffering of others, which you actually do start to see, instead yeah. of being so self-obsessed all the time, then you can feel naturally arising yeah. compassion, a desire to help or a desire to mm -hmm. grieve, or and you don't want to participate. You, do, you just stop participating yeah. in the mess that you don't want to be part of. It makes it easier to change your life, to do something. You know yeah. what to do. Yeah. And you know what to say, and you know how to be with people, and you, you have time. You're like, if you had enough experience in dyads, another being comes in front of you, you can treat them as a being rather than instantly buying into their blah, blah story. Mm -hmm. uh, it allows you to do something, and if, well, if you don't know what to do, you don't do anything, but it's not like it stops you participating in the world. Yeah. And I would, it, it fascinates me, it's become sort of natural after a while, but when I first discovered these things, I had this sort of idea, and I want to get beyond all my pain, you know, and I had so many issues yeah. with myself. I, I want to be so uh -huh. terrifyingly <laughs> strong that I want to feel this stuff anymore. And then yeah. I, after I got into it for, you know, and it's really, the, the journey really did start. Well, it's, no, that's not true to say, but, but it went to a different level after I started doing an I'm intensive. So, um, then I realized that the, it's just the capacity to feel, the capacity to be vulnerable operated in the same way as the strength grew. It was, is the mm. same thing. Vulnerability and strength are, or um, being able to cope with the world and the appetite to experience being wounded by the world and feeling the grief of the world and feeling the pain of the world in myself, in my own story, in my family history, in my, in my society and in the whole world in general, just got bigger. So, you know, I, I kind of, um, what's the word? I became very vulnerable, mm -hmm. which turned out to be an incredible strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just the it just got yeah. bigger. The problems yeah. got bigger. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like none of this self acceptance has anything to do with being happy at all. Yeah, it's like it's not. It's not about that at all. It's about being able feeling the pain and and feeling happy when it comes, but just being with. Uh, all of experience whatever it is and it is hard when you're suffering to it, to remember yeah that it's all part of the process yeah. and this is like i mean one of the things of course that people could learn to do is meditation and non-meditation after intensives but having seen how the mind plays and getting it makes it easier like meditation is not trying to be calm it, it, it it's been able to remain silent while everything's kicking off but if in your meditation you have some feeling, and that feeling might be still alive from when you were four and a half years of age or something, and you go, well, I'm a bit beyond that now, you know, I've done my 10 enlightenment intensives and I've done my Vipassana and I've taken the medicine and I've done everything, I don't have to feel this stuff anymore. But no, if that feeling comes, it's a completely accepted, can be allowed to fully move through the belly, the chest, the, the shoulder, wherever it's going, or fear. Or, or anger or rage, all can be allowed to completely play out, but not be acted out. You don't have to identify mm. with them. It's just yeah. something that occurs in the feelings occur in the body and to be comfortable with one's body and be aware, oh, this fear is moving here. Anger is moving here. Um, concern, worry, doubt. Oh, let it all, let it happen. You know, not, to, you know, some people don't want to do intensives, don't want to do anything, something that's the scariest out or go on some, you know, any other challenging personal development thing. They secretly feel like I'm going, you know, something's going to come up. Yeah. yeah. And which uh, essentially is being afraid of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing, if nothing else, to not be afraid of yourself. Now, mm -hmm. if I, you have a fear, you have a doubt, you have an anxiety, and all those, you know, you don't have to understand that where it originated. You don't have to stand you inherited it from your mom and dad or wherever it was, or your family background or your social background. It's, it's just enough to be able to, anything that arises, I can face into. Yeah. And that's one of the strengths you can develop on an intensive because you will definitely have to get that muscle working of, of acceptance. I'm gonna let this happen. And the worst things are gonna happen on an intensive is that something big comes up from some past trauma and it's like, oh no, can't talk about this, or, or I'm not going to talk about this. I'm, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go into bliss instead. I'm going to be peaceful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I just feel, I, I was so troubled yesterday. Today I feel so good. Uh, I feel so nice, so nice. And when someone comes with that stuff, it's always, it stinks. No. I know There's who I am. somewhere. <laughs> I know who I am. I'm happy. I know who I am. I'm a divine <laughs> incarnation of... Uh, no. <laughs> Hanging on to something there. Yeah. No, it's got to be absolutely banned, the real and clear thing if anybody comes to present their experience. Mm. And that's the other thing about diets too. You just can't fake it. You just can't... The ego, you know, if you've got an act and a, and a front... You can keep it up for a while, but you soon realize the other person's going to see it. Everybody can see everybody else's trip. It takes a while to have the courage to see your own. I'm always saying to people, when you can see how your personality, how mechanical it is, it's trying to look good, it's trying to be okay, you learned how to do that in your teens or something, some, some awkward moment, you developed this, you know, and then you did that, and then you did it. When you get a chance to see any of that stuff, just look. Yeah. Don't fix it because people go, do you know, there I go again. I'm always doing that. I've got to stop doing it. It's like, no, watch. You're always doing it. Watch yourself doing it again. And in the ob in the a moment of observation, you will automatically let it go. You don't have to fix it. Don't fix it. See yeah. what a silly thing it is that you've been doing. And when you look at it, it'll just stop. So that's, that's probably... <laughs> cats are causing a thing. Yep. Um, that's probably <clears throat> we've got five minutes that's probably the uh, the main thing I know that I've learnt is from enlightenment intensives is I can as you know mm. I can be a grumpy git and I see it and I've always my whole life tried to live up to this idea that I have of myself but now oh, James is a bit grumpy there's no beating yourself up. There's, or there's, or there is a bit of beating yourself up. But there's, like you say, when you see, when you observe that experience, you can just let it go. There's no mm. need to get stuck on things. There's no need to dwell on it. There's no need to beat yourself up. There's no need to crave happiness that you had before that you don't have anymore. Mm. It, it, it just is. It was. It just happened. It makes it so much easier to move through life without being pissed off of yourself all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anyone to think that we're trying to sell enlightenment into the world, saying, oh, this will answer all your problems. It doesn't. Your, your personality carries on being the same mess it always was. But, the, but the, as you're saying there, you recognize things and they don't stick as long, that's all. Yeah. You can still, whatever your trip is, you know, get, being, being fearful and worried and anxious or being angry and at war with the world or uh, all of that stuff, being envious or something, uh, passionate. Or, th those things still occur, but they, they, they're, their power to take you over completely is yeah. always diminished to some degree or other. And um, and you don't really want to like, be something that doesn't feel anything, but it doesn't rule the roost. It is it's 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 not the king of your presence or the the royal the royalty of your presence. Mm. Um, apparently, we're running out of battery time here. Yeah, I think so that's yeah. good. And maybe say a couple of things. Well, we, um, I mean, one of the inspirations for this conversation, we thought we're always in the middle of winter, always talking about these things when there's long chats in the kitchen and so forth. So we thought, well, let's have one of our discussions like in the summertime, just before an enlightenment intensive. So uh, there's one coming up now, and it's on our minds. But it's like well, the next one. You can't you can't live like this and do it all the time. So it's going to be like once, twice three times, four times a year pushing it. And it's not even something that you want to, it's not a way of life. It's a tool to open up another dimension so that there's nothing secondhand or cheap about your experience. You may have sat with the great satsang teachers and, and why not? Uh, and, and you may have read all the right books and all your ideas may be correct and they're all, you've worked it all out and this does seem to fit and that kind of Buddhism seems to go or Advaita over there or non-dual over here and like it all fits. But if it's not the living thing that's really infusing you, then if, if, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's just you've got your ideas lined up and they're all correct, then you're living from your mind and you've cheated yourself with the real actual thing so
uh, by all means, let's uh, let's go to the best teachers and by all means read the holy books and the texts. And after enlightenment intensive, you open any page from any holy book, and if you had a good intensive, then you'll be like, wow, these are my uh, ancient brothers here from uh, wherever it is, ancient China or India or East or West, whatever. Um, but no one's saying it's going to solve all the, all the, all the difficulties of being in an ordinary human shape and form. It doesn't, but you don't want it to. Because all of that mystery of being on this planet in a body, having to work through things, when it flowers, when it if it takes a thousand years, when when that opens up, it's revealed as a divine order, and so we the rest of the time we just got to put up with it. But um, that maturing takes time, even if you use and lightning rod technique to open the tin.